The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast? Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone. And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy. It's simple. It's fun to use. And like me, I'm not very technical oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy. If you get what I mean. So again, go to Anchor FM, sign up, and uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. Welcome back. This is a bonus episode of My Third Eye. On this episode, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough and honored enough to go on Dangerous World Podcast with Ryan Dean to discuss the Pilgrim Society. This is episode one of a two-part series, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, We had a blast um, doing it. Now, this is the first free hour of the episode. If you do want to hear the full-length episode, go over to Dangerous World and subscribe to uh, his Patreon. Uh, pick, pick a tier. Um, he, has, he has a few. I personally am on the $10 tier because I, I feel he runs a really legit uh, podcast over there, and he's a really upstanding guy. So, like I said, go over there, support that, and... You know where to find me, guys. Um, get a hold of me with uh, with with email. You know, come on, I- I'm waiting. Like, hit me up with some some interesting topics. Uh, you know, anything, anything. Like, come on, it's there. My third iPod at gmail.com. And if you want to get a hold of me directly, go to my Instagram, My Third Eye Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Telegram is t.me forward slash my third iPod. Um, gaining, gaining some decent traction over there. I'm thinking about doing uh, a little thing with, um, you know, maybe a weekly group chat. Uh, if you're interested, you know, you know, come on over. We'll, we'll talk. Um, I actually uh, booked a guest through that 
<laughs> that channel. Uh, I do have Twitter, um, my third iPod, at, or I should say at my third iPod. What else? Oh, Bearded518. Come on, give these guys some love. It's all lowercase letters. Bearded underscore 518. These guys make some incredible beard oils and balms and, and products for, for, for your beard. I personally grow my beard in the winter. I work outside. Wife hates it. I love it. So, you know, come on. They have an array of different scents and, and, like I said, different products. Go show them some love. DM them. Place an order. Y- you will not regret it. I, I guarantee you. Having said that, uh, yeah, let's just uh, sit back and, and enjoy this episode. And like I said, if you want the, the full, the first episode actually went um, a little over two hours. Uh, I tend to do that uh, with people, apparently. I have been recently told I have a gift of, of pulling good conversations out of, out of people. And Ryan wasn't expecting to go that long, um, but we did, and it, the information needed to come out. Um, and like I said, go over to his Patreon, subscribe, and you know, get that, that RSS feed and plug it in, and next thing you know, you can listen to the whole full entire episode. I will be dropping uh, the second part of this uh, shortly, um, maybe next week. Uh, but yeah, go have fun. Go drive your car. Pop this in. Listen while you're at work. I don't care. Just pop it in. Have fun. Listen. And away we go. Bonus episode.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dangerous World Podcast. We're going to be talking about the Pilgrim Society. And I'm bringing on my buddy Ghost of My Third Eye Podcast. And he just got over there on Apple. So go leave him a five-star review, man. He's a great, great guy. Really enjoy talking with him. And, um, I mean, there's not enough good things I can say about the guy's character. He's a great, great person. So um, for nothing else, I mean, just go over and leave a five-star review so uh, he can kind of climb those charts. And we're going to be talking about the Pilgrim Society. This is, in my opinion, um, the top levels of the deep state and everything that uh you know everything that falls underneath these guys council on foreign relations freemasons um they're all distractions in my opinion because you don't hear hardly anyone talking about these and i do want to say that the odd man out podcast i i as far as i know is the only one that i've heard of that's spoken about these uh this group of people um I was bitching and complaining that no one has talked about these guys. It's like, there's so many deep diving, great researchers. And I haven't heard anyone speak on this society. And apparently odd man out. Um, let me double check what this podcast is called. Odd man out. Yeah. Odd man out podcast. It's loading, but yes, that this is who, who has mentioned it. I guess they did like four or five episodes. I may have to do two. Um, I did listen to a couple of his and they're great. So, um, you know, check out his show too. Um, just the only reason that I'm plugging that is because like I was very adamant that no one's talked about this. I'm like, come on, man, let's go. Someone needs to say something about this society. And he has. So uh, I, I, I do have to say thank you to him. And I was wrong. I, I missed this, this, uh, you know, disclosure on this dude's podcast. So, um, also want to announce before I get into the skirmish and address at least my side of it publicly here, um, you know, it was a, a big mess that I don't think needed to happen, but uh, it did get blown very far out of proportion. And uh, I'm fine with how everything worked out. I wasn't a big fan of Alt Media United personally. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be. Um, I think that you should support any shows that you enjoy, whether it's just with listens or if you're uh, throwing some of your hard-earned dollars at it. Um, I'm not in any way telling you what you should or shouldn't do. I just haven't gotten much out of, you know, uh, being a part of that network as a whole personally. But I, I'm sure that some shows have. And, um, you know, it's probably something good that he's doing. I, I don't really know for sure. But anyway, Patreon, the $10 tier. I want to start doing something different every month for the people that really have been uh you know helping me out immensely i mean ten dollars a month is is a great little uh chunk of change that adds up quick i mean you know if there's 10 people doing ten dollars that's a hundred dollars right there and it really does help um get me a little closer to doing this full time which i appreciate so i'm going to be doing little private like bar room type chats you know what i mean sort of just we're not going to be recording this will just be something fun we can grab a beverage we can talk a little shit. We can, uh, you know, throw some ideas around. If you guys have any ideas for episodes or if you just want to talk and, and, you know, we'll have conversations. You know what I mean? This isn't an ask me anything. I think those are pretentious. We'll just do, um, you know, a conversation. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll chat. We'll have fun. We'll, um, we'll be little uh, cyber nerds and I'll just have a conversation. I think that it's fun. There's a lot of people around the world that I've met doing this podcast that are incredible, incredible people. So um, right now, the $10 patrons are Ron, Colin, Chris, 
Tens, Alex, Devante, Melinda, Joel, and Doglips McGee. That's a new one that uh, actually started after the skirmish. So I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do this every, every last Thursday and every last Saturday. Um, you don't have to be on both. I just know that um, people may not be able to make a Thursday night or a Saturday night for whatever reason. So I want to give you at least two options. I'm going to email each one of you that are at that $10 level. Um, I'll obviously send you the zoom code, but I'm going to ask you if those dates work, but if enough people say, you know, like no Wednesday's better for me or Tuesday or Monday or whatever day we can change that up. So I just tentatively right now, it's going to be January 27th and January 29th. I'll send you all the zoom link. You can hop on. If everyone hops on one, there's no sense in doing two really. Um, but I, I know that everyone has crazy schedules these days, so We'll make it work, man. I really, really appreciate the support. And I should have been doing this earlier in hindsight. I really should have, but I just didn't know, you know, what we could be doing to add some some uh, value to the $10 tier. And if you've given over, let's say 50 bucks at this point, if you've given, given over $50, I'm going to send, I'm going to make special uh, sort of tie-dyed type shirts with the OG logo on it. Um, they're all, they're going to be cool tie-dyed though. They're not going to be too hippie. I'm going to make one of a kind shirts for each one of you guys. If you've given over $50, if you give a hundred dollars, you get two, um, you give 150, you get three and so on. So, um, and, and if you request, if you have given a hundred or, or more than that, I'll send you a, a special design, um, or not a special design, but one of the established designs, if you don't have one. So just let me know, man. Um, the Patreon's cool because you can communicate very, very efficiently on Patreon. So um gonna start giving some gifts out and i will make changes to the patreon so that that is clear and yeah man you guys are are the very best out of all the patrons but i i really do appreciate the five dollar subscribers and the three dollar subscribers as well every bit helps so thank you very much that's enough of the patreon though and that is patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast i mentioned it every episode um if you do want to just go and check out shirts if you're not a patron or if you are a patreon subscriber you can go over to dangerousworldstore.com um, check out the shirts. They're 1776 still. I want to move the price up a little bit just because things are more expensive. Um, but yeah, you know, things are are doing well over there as well. Um, yeah, hoodies are $35. Stickers are cheap. So just just get at me there and we can uh we can hook you up with some merch, guys. What else is there other than the skirmish? I like saying skirmish. I think it's kind of a funny way to address uh some drama. But um, that's about it. Other than Ghost, I mean, just, you know, hit up Ghost, uh, my third eye podcast, finally on Apple. He's been trying to get on there. Leave him five stars, please, guys. And if you want to do that with me, too, um, you know, you know where to find me there on Apple. So uh, five stars are appreciated. But if you want to tell me I'm an asshole, you can leave a one star. It's not going to bother me. So, guys, what happened the other day sucked. It was shitty. But at the same time, um. Things like this, I, I, I'm assuming, happen in communities like this. And it's funny. I was thinking, you know, how do I want to address this? Because I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to act like I'm downplaying anything that happened. Because clearly some feelings got hurt. Um, and that sucks. You know what I mean? I I respect Sam's work. I think that he does help people in the podcast world for sure. And that's why I wanted to make it very clear that I was not intentionally targeting him at all. You know, I was, 
to be honest, I'm I'm a little skeptical of of work that anyone does really at any level. I'm always curious what their true intentions are. I thought that's what we're supposed to do if we're alternative thinkers, right? If we question the narratives. You know, I'm skeptical of just about everybody, man. Really everybody, except for my direct family. That doesn't mean I don't like you. And what happened was somebody sent me some information regarding an individual. Sent me a a YouTube video, which I didn't watch until too late, apparently. um, And also an IG handle. Checked out the IG handle. DM'd this person. And apparently I, you know, I, I wasn't supposed to. It was somebody that was close to Sam. Shouldn't have done it, but I didn't know who it was. I posted the DMs because that sounds like a goofy story. But if you read the DM, it's clear that I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who they're affiliated with or anything. Um, Some of my friends in the podcast world, and not even in the podcast world, one of them, was uh, kind of digging into Sam a little bit, questioning if he was in some secret societies. And so I was kind of starting to think, well, shit, maybe, maybe he is. You know, who knows? And isn't that part of the game? If you're in the conspiracy world and you get to a certain level, if you start getting a lot of listeners, don't we maybe like, doesn't that come with the territory? Doesn't it? I mean, if someone started thinking I was a Freemason, that's one of the most benign things that you can say about somebody. Yes, the Freemasons get a very bad reputation and maybe they do some really horrible things. There seems to be some really high level people in society that are part of that organization, but uh, you know, flying off the handle, getting so upset and having your, your employees do, you know, a lot of the, the, the uh, lashing out, it seems like a very, very weird thing to get upset about. Now, to be clear, I'm not accusing anyone of being in any society or doing anything like that. But, uh, man, if someone accused me of being a Freemason, I would just laugh it off and, uh, you know, explain, no, I'm not. But, you know, you can think I am, whatever. Of course, I'm not at the same level as he is, but, you know, I just don't see the harm in questioning that personally. That's just me. And to be very clear, um, it seems like Sam and I have buried the hatchet. Um, I think that he understands that I didn't intend to do anything to attack him. Um, I didn't know that I was reaching out to someone that was close to him. So whether he truly believes that or not, he, that's at least what he told me. We've had a couple conversations on the phone. First one was not a very good conversation. The second one was much better, much more productive. And I think that, you know, things are good with him. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I never apologized for what I did, but I apologized for how it made him feel because I had no ill intent at all. Um, Want to make that very clear. But, uh, you know. The second time we spoke, well, now let's move away from him. Um. Uh, you know, Mark from my family knows I'm crazy. That was a very, very shitty thing that he did to me directly trying to say, get people off of, you know, get people off my Patreon, get people from away from supporting me. Uh, He said some very nasty things to me in private texts, which you think someone as Zen as that, right? Would, would, hold back a little bit on some of the things that he said calling me a faggot saying that i'm a loser because i work this job that i'm going to be working for my whole life things like that um so he he said some really nasty things privately and also publicly and those things that he said publicly are on my instagram dangerous world pod he posted them on his instagram 
And even though he blocked me, someone sent that information to me. Actually, quite a few people sent that to me. So I posted it and and shared it. And then I shared what actually happened in the DM conversation. So clearly misrepresenting the truth. I don't know if it was intentional. I tend to think that it was personally, but I have no proof of that. Um, so then he goes on, you know, apologizes privately. I don't accept his apology in any way, unless he wants to make a public one, right? Public meaning just on social media where everyone that started thinking I was a shitty person can go back and say, hey, you know what? Maybe Mark was the one that was wrong here, but no one wants to say that because he can get you on this big show. You know what I mean? It's kind of a shitty way to act like you got a bunch of friends, in my opinion. Now, again, I don't think that you should not support his show if you get value out of it. If you support his show or my show, support them both or support neither or support one or the other. You don't have to pick sides here. And if I was a listener that liked both shows and felt like I had to pick a side, that would be really shitty. So I want to really pound that home to people. You don't have to choose a side in this. You know, I think that what I was thinking the other day is like this, this conspiracy podcast community. It's funny. Cause like when this happened, like people are acting like it's a fucking mob, like a mafia type setting, you know, like, Mark's calling me a rat, saying all these things over text, saying I'm a rat, saying all these things. It's like, dude, we're a bunch of nerds. We're a bunch of nerds talking into computers with microphones and freaking, you know, all kinds of gadgets to make our our voices sound clear. This isn't a mafia setting, man. You know what I mean? It's, It's very goofy to me how this whole thing worked out. It could have been very, very chill. If someone wasn't trying to be a middleman between two conversations, between two grown men that should be able to, you know, communicate pretty darn level headed. That's just not what happened at all, though. So, you know, unfortunately, some things are are crappy about this. There's even one guy, the one guy that canceled his Patreon because of this. He's like, and I'm not going to say his name, but he's like, you shouldn't bite the hand that feeds you, man. It's like, dude, neither one of these guys have put any food on my table, any money in my pocket. Um, you know, Mark was a Patreon subscriber because he told me he would subscribe to my Patreon if I subscribed to his, which the only person making or the only entity making any money in that is Patreon. So it's pointless. Um, but it's fine. And, uh, that's actually a funny story too. He actually canceled his membership pretty early in and I continued subscribing for months. I don't know how many months. And then when I canceled his, he's like, dude, why'd you cancel? It's like, dude, you canceled yours. Who knows how long ago? And he's like, okay, I'll subscribe again. So I've actually probably given him more money than he's given me personally, but uh, that's just my crazy thought. So with, with all that stuff, guys, yeah. um, I have no bad, you know, intentions against Sam. Um, I think that, you know, his group of people blew it out of proportion. Uh, Whether he did or not, whether he told them to do it or not. I don't know. That's between them. I'm never going to know that. And I'm never going to uh, disclose that, you know, even if I did know something about that. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything more about um, my family. My family knows I'm crazy or anything like that. I'm I'm just saying that, you know, let's uh, let's think about these things before we start flying off the handle. And um, people people trying to stay neutral. I get it. But again, guys, we're a bunch of nerds in this community. It's not like you got to stay loyal to one guy. You know, <laughs> no one's stabbing anyone in the back here. I understand the idea of not wanting to choose a side in this, but it's like, dude, you don't have to. 
Yes, Mark was implying choosing a side by not supporting my show. I, however, do not encourage anyone to choose sides. So do what you want with your hard-earned money. Do what you want with your in, invaluable t- I mean, it's incredibly valuable how time is. I listen to four or five shows. I listen to Tim Dillon's show episodes multiple times because it makes me laugh. I listen to Alex Jones, even though I think he could possibly be controlled opposition. I don't know. I listen to people that I think could be controlled opposition, but I get entertainment from them and I enjoy the shows. So I listen. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, uh, I thank everybody, though, that supported me for sure. And I, I mean, this could drag out. I could talk about this for hours, but to be very clear, Sam is a good guy, I think. I think he is, right? I've never met the guy. I've never hung out with him. Mark will tell you that he, he acts like he knows him personally. And, and yes, they've hung out probably a handful of times. But, you know, no one really knows what anyone's doing behind the scenes. No one knows any of this stuff. You don't know this stuff about me. If someone wants to accuse me of something, have the proof or have something. And, and we can go and we can talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's important to ask questions about everybody. And, and you know, hopefully next time this happens with them, because I'm sure it will. I mean, it's their high profile shows. Mark's not so much, but, you know, Tinfoil Hat's a huge show. So if that happens again, I hope that it's handled much more professionally. Because some people out there would react the same way that you're that you're acting um so you know again i don't want to say anything that sounds like i'm disrespecting tinfoil hat especially because um you know there was no ill intent there and that's clear and i think he'll tell you that too so with his whole conversation on rockfin i don't appreciate how he didn't say my name in it but i i do understand because maybe he doesn't want to get other listeners onto the show which i totally get i totally get but uh, to be clear, I was the quote unquote kid he was referring to or a young man. I'm 30 years old. I'm not a kid, but he was referring to me as a kid, which I get. He's 19 years older than me. So call me a kid if you want, whatever. But uh, he, I was the one that he was saying he's not too upset with um, because I think that he understands that I didn't know what was going on. So you can believe whatever you want, but I've got the receipts to prove that they don't. and. Um, yeah, you know, uh, he's mad at a different show right now. And I'm friends with that show. And I'm going to remain friends with that show unless they prove undoubtedly that they're that they're doing something wrong. Um, we actually had an episode scheduled to do weeks ago. And we just did it the, the day after all this stuff came out. And I wasn't going to cancel. Because, you know, it's fucking podcasting, guys. It's podcasting. There are dozens of dollars being thrown around here. It's not insane. And yes, tinfoil hats a different level of show than mine or my family knows i'm crazy so let's just relax about this stuff um you guys enjoy whatever shows you like no one can control what you listen to it's a fun fun thing to just kind of kill some time at the end of the day you probably listen to this and halfway paying attention because i know that's what i do so guys pilgrim society that's what we're here for we're going to talk about that and uh, i hope that you guys will get some good information from this i know that this was like a drama ridden topic in the beginning but it's something that i knew i had to address i wanted to do it as soon as possible um i wasn't going to release an unscheduled episode just to to, uh, discuss this thing that i think got blown extremely out of proportion but um enjoy this one 
And I hope that I see you on Patreon, guys. <laughs> Take care. If you have any more questions, if you want to ask me things personally about this or anything else, uh, Dangerous World Pod is the Instagram and Dangerous World Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just enjoy 2022 a lot more than we did the last two years. But uh, enjoy this show first, all right? Pilgrim Society with Ghosts of My Third Eye Podcast. Leave five-star reviews on both shows, guys, and uh, spread the word. Take care. Enjoy this episode. Well, folks, here is Ghost from My Third Eye Podcast, and I'm really excited that this dude finally got on Apple because I told him he's going to get a lot of listens from there, man. So, Ghost, what's going on, dude? Nothing. Just chilling. Uh, expecting some snow out where I am. Not much, like one to three inches. So, you know, look, I look forward to this all day. I, I was kind of nervous a little bit because, uh, you know, like when we spoke, usually I go in into either a conversation already knowing a lot about um, a topic, but I did do a little research. You sent me some stuff to look up and uh, I don't know, it's fascinating stuff. And it's one of those things that, you know, once I think I, I learn more about it, I would love to just blow people's minds with, yeah. with the information that that's all tied in with this. Well, yeah, dude, I just wanted to, you know, I, I think it's always these episodes where you're talking with other people, I think are always really fun. I've got a ton of information on these guys. I'm actually going to have to do a two part episode for sure. Um, but I mean, like, I, I know that you can add to this conversation because you're all about this, this secret society type stuff. You're into a lot of things, dude. What, yeah, what's yeah, like, for sure. What's some of your favorite things? Like if you were just to choose topics or like, maybe like, you know, some people are really into the paranormal. Some people are into secret societies and geopolitics like myself, but what is the thing that really gets you going in this whole conspiracy world? That uh, I've been asked that a few times and I, I don't really have a definite answer because like, like this, this past week with, uh, you know, you bringing up this topic, this was really intriguing to me, but next week it might be, you know what? I, I want to look into something like, uh, the rake, or mm. I want to look into, um, you know, atlantis or, or whatever or or admiral bird's trip to antarctica or you know anything you know just it all intrigues me so i don't really have a favorite other than they're all my favorite yeah well and that's the whole thing it's like kind of you know it's almost a hacky thing for us to say but it's like there's not many conspiracies there's one you know what i mean like it all right. leads back to something and i in my personal opinion at least right now and this might change i do think that it all leads back to the pilgrims man personally you know what i mean yeah, um absolutely that's why i wanted to get into these and some things that i need to look into more um the the uh, british privy council is something that i'm going to be discussing in the second portion of you know this this two-part series um lyndon larouche is another guy mm. you guys have heard me also talk about the business plot where um you know smedley butler was recruited to allegedly throw over FDR's administration in favor of a more fascist government um, and then the American Liberty League. And so I'm going to look into all four of these things and that'll be part of the second episode. Um, but right now I kind of want to break down to the best of my ability and to your ability to go. So I want to try and get into the stuff that would at least introduce people to the Pilgrim Society. I mentioned in the intro, you know, I was bitching a lot that no one's talked about these guys, but there is one person that I've heard the um, odd man out podcast. Um, they mentioned this and they had a few episodes on this. So I take that back. 
one person that I know of has talked about this. So, and they did a good job. Yeah, I haven't heard that, but yeah, <clears throat> I need to go and go and find that and listen to it myself. Yeah, dude, it was definitely interesting. So let's roll right into it, dude. I had a I had a very long intro because of the uh, skirmish that was going on. I like that word. I mentioned that so many times. I like I, if I'm ever fighting with someone, I like to say skirmish because nice. it's all it's all cyber <laughs> fighting. It's not real. If we're gonna LARP, let's LARP. Yeah. So um. So I do. I don't know what the New World Order is to you, man, but to me, it's this shadow group that promotes globalism. Uh, you got internationalism, anti-Americanism, and it seems to promote liberalism while promoting never-ending war at the same time. It's kind of this paradoxical idea. And I'm going to lay out a case over the next couple of hours with you here that the New World Order can actually be pinpointed to a little-known society. And this is set up in the 20th century on record. It could have been around before that. This is, of course, the Pilgrim Society, right? Right. What were your thoughts looking into this, dude? Um, well, like you said, uh, New World Order, um, a lot of people tend to confuse that with the Illuminati mm-hmm. or, or Freemasonry or, or, or something else. And what I get by it, it like, like you said, you know, it's, it's a shadow entity controlling something behind the scenes, you know, whether, like you said, many wars. So, you know, that, that jumps into, you know, all the Rockefeller banks and what have you. And, you know, they'll fund both sides of the war. They, they don't give a shit, you know they're going to get rich either way. And then going into this, um, when you first mentioned it to me, I'm like, well, dude, my ancestors came over on the fucking Mayflower. And you're like, no, 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 not those pilgrims. I'm like, <laughs> well, what the fuck are you talking about then? And then we started looking into it. And then I'm like, oh, they, these, these elite motherfuckers wanted to, to run some shit and then really keep it way more secret. And like, even, even trying to look at, into them online it, it it's very hard and it, it, i mean they're 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 very well camouflaged and they're extremely connected i mean you have mm-hmm. you know queen elizabeth as part of this prince philip prince charles they're all connected i initially thought that it was just prince charles because he seems to be connected to a lot of things he was supposedly connected to the hell's angels um a lot of very interesting entities but dude i I don't want to get derailed right off the bat here, but I was watching this uh, episode of South Park. It was one of the older ones and they were doing a civil war reenactment. And I was looking at that and I, you know, there's this interesting idea that the good guys or the winners of the two most, you know, iconic influential wars in America's history, the revolutionary war and the civil war, the winning side or the good guys, so to speak, both wore blue. You know what I mean? The Union wore blue the the uh, in both situations, actually. And then the the uh, Continentals, you know, the Continental Army were going against the Redcoats, obviously. And then the Union in the Civil War was going against the Confederates who were wearing gray typically. But then something interesting I found out. And the reason I bring this up is because I, I feel like Britain sponsors the negative side of the wars. So if they want a slave-based colony over here in the United States, the Redcoats were obviously going to fight to try to keep this slave-based economy that was known as the United States. I don't know what it was known as before, um, you know, they won. Do you happen to know that? The, uh, I think they just went by, you know, the the, the colonies. Uh, okay. So, yeah, the colonists. John Blank, but yeah, the col- yeah. You know, basically the colonists. Okay, well, there you go. So you have the Redcoats that are going at these colonists. They, they, 
the colonists are pissed off because the taxes are too high on all kinds of things, right? This is what started the war. Tax is, as hack as it is to say, this is a form of slavery. So I think that the, that the, the colonies were always meant to be a slave grounds for the crown. Um, this is why the, the British royal crown was really behind the Confederate side of civil war. And what's interesting is that the Confederates seem to have this support from them because they took union uniforms in some cases and they dipped them in walnuts and they dipped them in like all these different water soaked uh, thing, the brown, brown liquid essentially. And they would call the gray uniforms, English gray. And then they would call the brown uniforms some other form of like English something. So there was a lot of tributes to the crown, to the English side of things uh, on the Confederate side specifically. So it's just weird, dude. And you, it makes you think, was Britain really behind the Civil War? And there's theories out there about that. There's a lot of rabbit holes you can go down with the uh, the, the Civil War and the Revolutionary War. Um, the Civil War especially, uh, a lot of people don't know, Russia actually sent some troops over. And there's a lot of theory and speculation that that was actually World War Zero. Because at that time, Napoleon was actually doing some nefarious shit. And he's, or maybe I'm confusing that with maybe the Revolutionary War. But, uh, you know, he, France owned, you know, Louisiana and all, all those, those territories. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, it would not surprise me that they had a hand in it. Because if they, if they didn't, um, Canada wouldn't exist because they're right above us. So, they had their hands all over and still do have their hands all over Canada. And some actually still believe that they still have a hand over us. Well, Louisiana was a Louisiana was a massive area, wasn't it? I mean, like it was, Mm -hmm. it was condensed down to this tiny little state with a ton of culture and and everything. But yeah, I think from them, I'm not the biggest history buff. I, you know, kind of learn as I go when it comes to history, things that are relevant to the topics I'm talking about. But if I'm understanding it correctly, you know, Louisiana is this massive area and that's the Louisiana purchase and all these things Mm -hmm. come into play at that point. But yeah, I think that you're, you're absolutely right about that. But you know, this, this pilgrim society, they, they've spent time since their inception in 1902. Um, They've spent time funding individuals and groups outside of themselves that really get the ball rolling in the direction that they want. The same way that like the grateful dead, was passing out acid and promoting its use at their concerts. I think a lot of podcasters today heavily promote psychedelic uses and all these things. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's wrong to use psychedelics or any of these things, but um, when it's weaponized, I think that that there's a serious problem. Go ahead. That was, uh, that was all CIA uh, back. Well, yeah, and the CIA is is heavily infiltrated by the Pilgrim mm-hmm. Society, and we'll get into that later with the Five Eyes thing, where you know you have you have the United States intel, you have Canada's intel, you have New Zealand's intel, Australians intel, and of course English intel, all feeding back to MI five and MI six. You know what I mean? So there's there's serious reasons why they would want to push psychedelics on the population when it's weaponized. It's a horrible, horrible thing, dude. Because this, I mean, this is think Marilyn Manson he's pumping his people full of psychedelics and he's taking maybe a little bit maybe not too much not as much as they were they're highly suggestible oh absolutely and especially with uh man-made psychedelics such as LSD um I'm more of a fan and do love uh the work 
especially there, there's a company in Canada called Spores Labs. Yeah. Um, they, they do a lot of research into the psilocybin aspect and, and the, the, the health benefits alone of Alzheimer's and dementia in small doses. Like we're not talking space your face, tripping balls, seeing little blue people run around and, and, and talk to you and what have you. But there could be a spiritual opening with natural um, psychedelics. But it, there's a part of me that says that spiritual, how do you know if it's good and how do you know if it's bad? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a, a, an episode on DMT with a guy from, from England and it, it was fascinating. It was, it was mind blowing to the point where I was like, man, I, maybe I'd like to try this. But at the same time, it's like, you don't really know what you're getting into because when you're in that state, like you said, you're highly influenced by anything. Yes. Even That's, your own mind. Well, yeah. And then like, if, if there, if your mind is so suggestible with the programming that that's on tv that's on radio that's on podcasting if you're in this state this psychedelic state and then you're hearing shit it makes a lot of sense to you even if it wouldn't really make sense to you when you're you know stone sober or whatever so there's this organization that i believe i don't have any proof but i've heard from from people and i've heard that that this is a thing that this maps institution the multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies as well as Esalen, the Esalen Institute. These are funded by the pilgrims, and they're trying to really put some science behind the recreational use of psychedelics. So I think that if you're, again, what we just said, pushing psychedelics out to people, weaponizing it. I mean, even think about weed, dude. Like weed, the the THC content in weed is getting insanely high. 31% is not uncommon anymore. That used to be rare as shit. Yeah, that used to be. Oh man, you're you're paying top dollar for for a gram back yeah. back in the day. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. I go to this little tiny dispensary down the street, and like even just a couple of weeks ago, like their highest stuff would be like twenty four percent, and I, maybe a couple months ago, I, I might be exaggerating a little, but now it's you know thirty one percent is easy to come by over there, and I'm yeah, I'm paying fifty dollars an eighth. <laughs> I I could not even imagine that, and and stuff back in the day when when I actually used to be able to partake. Um, for an eighth that was considered decent, you know, it, nug, no seeds, you know, had some nice white hairs on it. Now it's 60 bucks an eighth and you know, it, 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 it zap you, but the stuff I'm hearing about now, like, like what you're saying, well, I don't even know if I'd be able to function if dude, yeah. off of one hit. I, man, I don't smoke personally. Um, there's like these tinctures and these, these dabs, they call them and all these things. I don't smoke myself. But, you know, Kim does. So she she enjoys the high level stuff. She's been smoking since she was probably too young to do it. But I mean, (laughs) that's the thing, dude. It's like, you know, when and that's part of it, man. If you if you've been a smoker for your whole life, a stoner, I should say um, that five percent level stuff just isn't going to do it for you anymore. You build up a tolerance to that just like anything else. And so like the consumer is happy that the THC levels are going up. But at a certain point when you're just constantly smoking 80 percent THC weed, don't you think that's going to have something to do with the way that your brain operates? I know that no one considers weed a drug, but dude, if you woke up in the, in the morning and the first thing that you did was rip a bong, that's normal to a lot of people. But if the first thing that you did when you woke up and took a shot of whiskey, that you're an alcoholic. I mean, it's the same shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Only one, one's natural. It comes from the earth. 
Now, even though these newer strands out there, they do, but they're, they're being, and, and it's funny in, in that, um, that market where if you think of most people that smoke weed are related to like the hippy dippy, you know, mm-hmm. peace, love, you know, I, I'm in tune, you know, whatever, um, are now smoking basically genetically modified marijuana, whether, mm. whether it's not. It may not be genetically modified by a chemical, you know, man-made chemical, but they're taking different strands of different plants and, and marrying them together. That's basically modifying that Great to get point, dude. A, a, a bigger THC bump. Dude, yeah, I honestly hadn't even thought about that. And yeah, it's seriously, people do, I mean, make millions and millions of dollars doing this. I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate science. There's a lot that goes into it, dude. So I mean, this is just something that we got to think about. You know, marijuana was, uh, I think, this last year uh, recreationalized in my state. I know that it's recreational now because I don't have a medical card. I'm able to go in and buy it. And I mean, it's cool. I won't lie. I enjoy edibles sometimes. Like if I'm going to bed, I'll take one, two or three hours before I go to sleep. And I sleep like a baby. You know what I mean? It does help. But and I, I see for sure the benefits of that and even psilocybin. But weaponizing this stuff is agendas that the pilgrim society perpetuates in my opinion here so um then you have leaders in the academic world as well timothy leary i don't know if you're uh familiar with him he was uh you know who he is yeah yeah i actually was listening to a different podcast they brought him up today uh and his uh ties with alistair crowley so it was pretty interesting does he really? Well, Alistair Crowley was British, dude. I'm sure he would be part of the Pilgrim Society if he was alive today. Yeah. I mean, he what, when did he die? 40. You know what? He, he could have been because he died in like 46. He probably was then. And I, yeah, you I know, never saw just anything. with his influence. I've never seen anything either. But you know what I mean? They were, they, you know, they came around in what, 1902, And he died in 46, you know, not long after, you know, Hitler was, you know, the, the thing. And yeah, yes. Yeah, so, but yeah, he, he, he had some, some ties to that shit. So yeah, it's, it, I was just like, Whoa. Okay. It, it goes, it goes so freaking deep. This society does, man. And so that, that I'm actually going to look into that. That'll be another thing that I look into for the second part of this episode. Cause there's a lot more research I need to do. And what I do is literally I cram research for like three or four days. And then I just pump out the episode for this port for this episode. I'm actually, I've done like two weeks worth of research while also kind of looking into some other things. But I mean, this Timothy Leary dude, he was a Harvard professor, among other things. I mean, he ran against Reagan as governor of California at one point, um, been arrested quite a few times, but there's nothing. I don't think that's crazy about that. I think some high profile people and some good people get arrested. Um, Bill Gates got arrested. I mean, he's got that famous mugshot, right? So yeah. it doesn't mean that if you get arrested that you can't be into some high level shit. So um, but yeah, he was he was suggesting that these psychedelics are really interesting because of the suggestible nature that it puts your mind into. So we're not, we're not stretching by any means here. So, you know, from, from that point, I want to kind of get into like this brief, basic information, kind of laying out what the Pilgrim Society is. Um, What, what do you think about it being this, like, you know, the mainstream media acts like they're going after this group of white supremacists and they're trying to like hunt down the evil, you know, white people that are, that are trying to fuck over, not just, you know, brown people, black people, but you know, poor people too. 
I actually think that the Pilgrim Society is this institution or the WASP elite, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. What do you think about that? Well, in the little research that I, I was able to bring or do and hopefully bring to the table, uh, I fully agree with that because if you look at the media, it's ran by what at the most six big companies control all media in, in, in I'm pretty sure the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know definitely in America. So what better way to, I mean, they were part of MK ultra and project or uh, yeah. Operation Mockingbird. So yeah, I mean, you buy a couple, even the CIA did it. They had, you know, they were, they, they had, you know, uh, journalists on their payroll back in the day, even openly admitting it, you know, what better way to spread propaganda. Okay. You're going to have CNN or whoever on this side saying, Oh, orange man, bad. And then you have like Fox or whoever saying, no, he's good, but yet they're controlled by the same fucking company. What's that? Two wings, one bird. Oh, you got a left <laughs> and a right. And then everybody's like, Oh, you got to get on OAN. Well, Oh, now it comes out. Oh, they're owned by fucking AT&T. So y'all keep falling for the fucking same mockingbird operation. Well, and it's tough by these elites. Well, yeah, dude. And like, I mean, we fall for it too, right? Like personally, I I absolutely did. And like OAN, I thought was interesting. Duck, duck, go. Um, You know, there's theories out there. I haven't found any solid proof. But that Google owns or they sold them the, the domain name. So, I mean, you don't think that they were going to probably own a portion of DuckDuckGo if they sold them that that domain name. It's interesting, right. dude. You know, there's so many freaking different ways that you can take, like, there's there's infinite amounts of names that you can use for a site, but for some reason they chose this DuckDuckGo. Yeah, um, a game that we used to play as kids. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So I, it, it is, it's fascinating. I think that the the handle that they have on the way that information is put out is... I mean, it is a monopoly of information. There's there's no information war going on like we try to think. Um, there's it's just a, it's a show. It's all theater. And the the Pilgrim Society, absolutely, without a doubt. We're we're gonna see. I mean, I sent you some information about the media that they control and the individuals in the media that they controlled, whether it be print media, radio, they got into TV a little bit. I believe that they're in podcasting now. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Look, look how many people, including myself, have started podcasts. You know what I mean? You've mm-hmm. been in it for a couple of years now. And there's there's people that have been in it for several years and have, have a big following and a big name. Um, some good ones like Wes Germer and, you know, like Tony Merkel over, you know, the confessionals, you know, they run legit shit. But then you got people like fucking Joe Rogan, you know, is he or Alex Jones? You know, could they be controlled opposition? You you know, it's the same thing with the media. You, you know, you have, like I just said, CNN saying one thing, the right news saying another thing, yet they're ran by the same fucking people. And who's to say the people that actually are sponsoring and, and promoting these shows aren't doing the same in the podcast business for some of these bigger guys that do it for a living and, and are making very comfortable money. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, man. Like you mentioned Tony Merkel. I love that dude. I think that he's got a really solid operation going. Never met him personally, but he's been very kind to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know that you were saying you weren't saying anything negative about Tony at all either. I know, but like no. Yeah, I know the first podcast I got into. And he only lives about mm, three hours south of me. Uh so 
Yeah. The, and then one of my first guests are actually friends with him and they do a Bigfoot conference. Out oh, dope. In Northern, uh, uh, Northwestern Pennsylvania. And I don't, I, I don't know if he's attended yet, but you know, there was talk a couple summers ago before, you know, the whole scandemic, whatever, shut everything down, you know, Hey, maybe Tony can, you know, he'll swing up, pick you up and, you know, ride out. And I was just like, Oh, that'd be fucking great. You know, Dude, total fanboy. Yeah. But you know, he's a solid guy, you know, that I've never, like you said, personally met him, but I don't know. He, 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 you, you can tell a lot by how someone talks and you know, kind of like with you, you know, you're a solid guy. I've, you've never, you've never given me bad advice and, you know, you were on my show and I called you, Hey, this is my, you know, my, my role model. And you're like, Oh yeah, you need someone better to look up to. And I'm like, well, maybe I got daddy issues. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> no, man, I appreciate that dude. But no, I, the, the only reason I bring that up is because, you know, obviously what happened recently, um, <laughs> we don't know who's, who's controlled opposition, who's not, but it is and, very, and that's valid. by design. That's by exactly. design. Exactly. And and it, that's why I ask questions about things. That's why other people ask deeper questions. You know what I mean? It, a lot of it just ended up getting pinned on me and it was a shitty situation. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the truth is is slowly kind of trickling out. But as far as Joe changes. Rogan, you know, Joe Rogan, I don't know, dude. You know, how can you say undoubtedly just because you trust the information coming out personally when someone signs to a company like Spotify for a hundred million dollars? You know what I mean? Um, you can't say that there's not some money being thrown around at a very, very subliminal level. Some information may be trickling out that is not in your best interest. I'm not saying definitely. I'm just right. saying it's a possibility and it's a, it's a fairly decent probability of a possibility. I'm not saying it's, you know, 75% true or whatever. I'm just saying like, you know, this is the kind of shit that I like to ask. And I okay, think that so that's what we're supposed to do, but yeah, go ahead. If podcasters are allowed to ask questions about Hollywood, um, the the rock and roll, the, the music business, and you know we're constantly pointing fingers and, and and saying you know oh you know they're selling their soul, they're MK Ultra, they're this, they're that, you know because they're signing these contracts and selling their souls for for millions and millions of dollars. What did you just say? A hundred million dollars for Spotify? A hundred yeah. million dollars you could persuade anybody to do something, you know, everybody has their price at some point, whether, yeah. you know, I'd like to say I don't, but if I'm someone said, I'll give you a trillion dollars. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
you know, I don't know what I would do. You know what I mean? Because, A, I've never been put in that position. Yeah. And, B, I don't think I ever will be put in that position. But Not with that uh, attitude. Yeah. But a trillion dollars, you know, what do you want me to say? You know, yeah. I'll say whatever you want and I'll suck your cock. There you go. Reach around <laughs> shit, too. Yep. I mean, yeah, dude. So the uh, we can go on and on about that, too. But I mean, it's just it is it is something to think about here, especially when you when you learn about the infiltration methods that these people do. They're connected directly to the House of Windsor, as we mentioned. Um, But I actually do think that the that the crown kind of secretly still does own the United States. I mean, you have the September 3rd, 1783 Treaty of Paris, right? And when this was signed after England is supposedly recognizing the United States as sovereign. Um, how do we know that there wasn't some sort of backdoor dealing? I mean, there's these NDAs. There's all kinds of different ways that you can really get around treaties. Um, even like the most sacred laws, they have holes in them, right? They have people that will kind of forsake these things, especially if they're more loyal to other nations or other groups. I mean, you can't tell me that the crown isn't one of the most powerful institutions, you know, that's ever been on this earth. You know what I mean? So when you have a society that's actually dedicated to, uh, you know, British loyalty, you can't say that they won't do anything. You have like, I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell and and, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, they seemed to be very loyal to Israel. You know what I mean? And Maxwell's father was Mossad. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And, And he was an English citizen. Mm-hmm. So who's not to say he wasn't a double agent? I mean, he did get killed. It's pretty clear. Um, you know, I'm going to say allegedly, though, just to protect, you know, the whole thing, because it is in the spotlight right now. But it's pretty right. darn clear. He, uh, didn't he fall off of a boat or some shit Sorry. after he, he got into something shady? And he was a media mogul in Britain, but supposedly working with the Mossad. Mm-hmm. And this screams Pilgrim Society, dude. That is the kind of shit that we're talking about there. So, um it's yeah, just... I did notice uh, in some of my stuff, looking in, into it, uh, hearing, uh, I believe it was on, on Monday Night Master Debaters, you, you, you were saying, yeah, there's some things uh, that got people killed looking into this. And I came across some of that information that I think that I know who you're talking about. I was just like, oh, I, uh, and by the way, ghost here, I'm not suicidal. Love my family, love my yeah. wife, kids, dogs, everything. So. <laughs> yeah dude i mean I, same here and that's the thing like you know obviously yeah they, that that person was pretty young and stuff but yeah it's just a very interesting situation when you see people exposing certain things now they were th- this individual was making some claims that i wouldn't say even if i knew you know what i mean because like right. i mean you get into legal issues and things with the stuff that that guy was saying so you know whatever happened there it, it happened and it's it's an interesting situation but um pilgrim society is what we're talking about right so yes sir let's get back on it i know dude (laughs) we can go freaking all over the place with these because it it is a freaking web it's a spider web it is and um no go ahead dude no i was just gonna say it's easy to get you and i on rants so (laughs) i know man i spent i'm like heated still from everything that's going on but um so yes in 1902 pilgrim society was formed in london with the goal as we've mentioned several times of promoting goodwill good fellowship an everlasting peace between the United States, Great Britain, and other English-speaking countries. This is directly off their website, the pilgrimsociety.org. 
And um, the U.S. chapter formally uh, was founded the very next year, 1903. And this was led by the right Reverend Henry C. Potter. Um, and then you have high-ranking British officials, just about any robber baron as well. You know, we're talking freaking Carnegie, Rockefeller, um, people that are creating new industries are getting into this whole deal. Um, really, these these guys are part of both chapters. They're part of the, the English chapter, and they're part of the United States chapter, which really is just one society. They just make it seem like it's split up. Um, and if you look at the crest, I showed you the crest um, just a second ago. The crest is really interesting, dude. You have a lion up front with a red-robed, white-bearded pilgrim riding a white horse, which I interpret as the pale horse, the pale horse of Mm -hmm. death, right? And then you have an eagle perched on the horse's ass. So to me, what this means is that the lion, which that's Britain's animal, right? I believe so, yeah. It It was Rome's animal first, I believe, but yeah. But Rome has had had heavily influenced Britain and of course a lot of their ties there. So and the United yeah. States for that matter. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. So you have the lion representing Britain. It's um it's this independent animal that's there, right? But then the eagle, which is the U.S.'s you know national animal, is tethered to this pale horse. It's perched on the horse. You know, the lion and the horse aren't touching, but the eagle is touching the pale horse. Mm-hmm. So the way that I saw it, and I could be 100% off here, this is just my interpretation, I believe that it means that the U.S. is destined to fail. It's destined to face apocalypse because it's touching this pale horse. Um, again, just a thought. But then, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, or are they the ones riding the pale horse into the destruction of everything else? Sure. I mean, that's the thing, dude. That's that's what's cool about interpretations with these things is like you're not wrong about anything that no. you think. You know what I mean? You could right. say that the that the eagles that the the thing was drawn just before the eagle was about to fly away and carry the pale horse into nothingness. You know what I mean? So right. You can say and, and that's what's interesting about these kinds of logos and crests. But it's clear, at least in the in the logo, that the lion has emphasis because it's up front. I mean, even the pale horse, the legs are blocked from the lion. I believe the, right? the lion's nose is actually ahead of the horse's nose, correct? They're uh, the, not, they're not side by side. I, I haven't I don't have the logo up in front of me, but I, I believe the lion's head was a little bit ahead of the, the pale horse. I would imagine so, yeah. Cause I, I just when I looked at it, I would just straight up uh was saying that yeah, dude, there is emphasis on this lion for sure. Um, but yeah, and then in the background, you have a different pilgrim dressed in the same same garb, the red, you know, suit, white beard, and he's looking at different modes of transportation. You got a train, I think you got a car, um, you got a boat, different types of transportation. It's kind of corny, it's kind of cheesy looking, honestly, but it's very interesting that all the animals have red eyes. So it's not, it's it just has a demonic feeling to me. And then you have uh, we looked up how to pronounce this before, but I already forgot. Hik et ubike, ubike. I think you nailed it. U- okay. Yeah, ubique. Yeah, <laughs> you got one it better than two. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know Latin. Neither one of us act like we know Latin, no. but it means here and everywhere is what Hik et ubike uh, is supposed to mean. And this whole logo was created by Hugh Fisher. He was an artist for the Illustrated London News, and I mean, it's just it, it really does scream British loyalty to me. And again, I mentioned that this started in 1902, and there's a lot of other 
harmful slave-based institutions that started at the turn of the 20th century, right around there. You have the Federal Reserve starting in 1913 with many British loyalists involved, backing it with financial you know, goals and, pe- I mean, allegedly people killing people over this shit in the Titanic. Got the Rockefellers, the Morgans, and so on. Then the FBI, which was formed in 1908. The Council on Foreign Relations, which is a big one, 1921. This was founded by Lionel George Curtis, And he was actually a British official and an author who advocated for British Federation. And uh, in my belief, as uh, as like a full Western federal federation, because he later in his life admitted that he was an advocate for world government or a world state the whole time. You know, he just didn't really disclose this until later. So the way that I kind of see what's going on right now in modern times is you have this weird little battle going on and i think that you'll you'll see that many people that are in one side are also on the other you know think double agents or whatever but i think that you have the world economic forum with the world health organization the national institute of health the bill and melinda gates foundation soros um these new school harvard oxford types all those people are against the un the united nations the world trade organization and the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. So you have the World Economic Forum, who's laid dormant for decades, dude. I mean, the the World Economic Forum has been around for quite some time. Klaus Schwab started this. I'll get into that. But they're pumping out like decades worth of United Nations anti-propaganda, where it's just like, you know, these guys are, whether you see it in TV shows, magazines, I mean, the United Nations has always been like, you know, kind of the the... I mean, I don't know if you've seen like even like in Family Guy and like cartoons, they say that like the devil's going to come up out of the United Nations because they're trying to form a one world leader. And that's part of Bible prophecy. So were you going to say something? No, I was just agreeing. Oh, yeah. No, it's just it's, <laughs> it's crazy, dude, like how much you see. And then when you find out like Klaus Schwab formed this thing at Harvard, um, it's and he's just kind of chilled out. It It came around way after the UN did, which was in 1945 after World War II. But, I mean, you have more old school people backing the United Nations, I think. That's from my research. Um, got a lot of, you know, like those old school Cold War-minded nationalists, and they may not be as current with the times as these newer globalists. You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting. It's kind of like, you know, think about like Taliban versus mm-hmm. ISIS, Right. Taliban's very established. They've they're they're evil, they're bad, but they're not as bad as ISIS. You know, ISIS right. comes in, they're much more superior funding behind ISIS. They really wreck shop for a little while. I mean, they were funded admittedly by Hillary Clinton and people like this. But I thought they were the JV squad. ISIS? Yeah. Yeah, didn't Obama say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that's <laughs> the thing. joke. Oh, I know it, dude, but that's the thing, man. You have you have them deliberately saying that this JV squad you know, clearly they're the varsity team and they're acting right. like they're they're like this, you know, they're nothing to worry about, even though it was pretty clear that, you know, Trump say what you want about him. He was going pretty hard after um, he was going pretty hard after after ISIS. But it kind of actually what you said, dude, it kind of helps kind of make my point a little clear. Obama is one of these like older, older school people, even though he's younger. He has that Cold War mentality. He was even criticized about having like a Cold War mentality. He was really anti-Russia, right? 
-hmm. Trump comes in and he may be on the other side of things. He may be more pro World Economic Forum, whereas Obama may be more pro UN. And he's going after ISIS. He's going after these smaller groups. Um, It's an interesting concept. I think they're both both sides are bad, but one side may be worse than the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. One side does it a little faster and the other side just takes their time at doing it. And when you spoke of of Trump, um, you know, everybody was like, oh, he's pulling out of this and he's pulling out of that. That motherfucker attended the 50th anniversary of the U.N. Really? Yeah. But yet he he would kind of come out against the U.N. and some of their policies. And so it's like, what do you believe? You know what I mean? Like, well, isn't that just what I said? Or did I get it backwards? Because I was thinking that, oh, no, I was saying that Trump would be back in the World Economic Forum. But mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I don't know, man. That's the thing. That's what makes it so, so interesting. Is now, Trump could make before it before he was president that, you know, that that was you know, probably five or six years before he was president, maybe longer. I don't I forget the exact date, but I want to say like 2013, maybe something like that. Well, so then think about this. If we're talking about double agents and all kinds of stuff in this whole world, what if he is trying to give the World Economic Forum a serious platform to run on because he wants them to to go with their ambitious goals and fuck up and look really bad so that it's all back in the UN's hands? Because you have Greta Thunberg speaking at the UN in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, and that's when the United Nations started being looked at as a joke. And then this is when the World Economic Forum is kind of ushered in as this new United Nations. Right. So yeah. and she's kind of dropped off. Like you don't hear hardly anything about her. You know, you might see a blurb here. Oh, she met with somebody, but she's not out there on the fucking talking circuit. Yeah. Know? Well, I think people kind of did see, too, that she really isn't as intelligent as as she was meant to look like and she shouldn't be she was 16 when she started talking i'm not slandering the the poor girl i think that it's horrible what's going on with her but you know she she was a puppet she she was a a, a, she was a stage prop she was put in that to do a job she did it a lot of people saw through it and maybe they see that we saw through it and that's why they pulled her back but you know at first you know everybody's like oh greta 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 and how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's so, so snobby. I mean, yeah. dude, the, the same idea of using a quote unquote cute young kid with pigtails, you, preferably a girl because they seem so innocent spewing your propaganda. Hitler did this. Um, I think Mussolini did it too. And they seem to always have pigtails. Pigtails. You can put pigtails on an older lady. Usually they look trashy, but mm-hmm. it's, it's meant to look younger. You know what I mean? Like pigtails right. are no grown adult woman with self-respect wears pigtails. I don't think hopefully, you know, I'm not offending anyone out <laughs> there, but I don't think that pigtails are a thing for adults. Right? I no, could be wrong. I, my daughter's 18. I can't, I can't that maybe six. She wore pigtails. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, yeah, no. it's it's cute for little kids to do it. Yeah. But yeah, you don't you don't start wearing pigtails after a certain age. So I think that that kind of adds into that whole thing. But um, what's interesting with I, I tend to believe that the pilgrims themselves back the United Nations. Um, I lean towards that, but I could be completely wrong. However, the reason that I say that is that the pilgrims, they control nearly all of the UN ambassadors around the world. I mean, any any ambassadors practically 
whether they're, you know, in Western civilization countries or they're in other types of, you know, Eastern countries or whatever, they, the, you, the, uh, the pilgrims control these ambassadors and they follow the same Chatham House rules, which if you're not familiar with the Chatham House rules of the Council on Foreign Relations, what it means is that when at meetings, different members can discuss matters like publicly, you can say like, so like if, you know, a group of us is at a meeting and it's supposed to be kept secret. I can say what topics were discussed, but I can't say here. Ghost was talking about, you know, we need to, uh, you know, eliminate Mexicans or white people or black people. You know, I can't say that you specifically said that, but I can say that, yes, that topic was discussed. Um, that's the Chatham house rules. Um, it's very interesting actually. So it's basically don't rat on who did it, but you can talk all day about what was said. Right. Snitches get stitches. Kind of, because you can talk about exactly. You just don't want to point the finger at anybody. Right. right? As we mentioned, man, the wasps, these are the ones that are behind this. You know, the Catholic church gets a lot of fingers pointed at it as like this ultimate powerful religion, but no one really talks about the Protestants, right? And it sounds kind of goofy because no one really points fingers at them. Um, they are very powerful in the the UK, but I mean, we've had more presidents that fall under the category of Protestant than Catholic. And what happened to the last Catholic president that we had? Do you remember? Mm, yeah, he got he got blown away on on a street in Dallas. Well, and look at what's going on with this Catholic president right mm-hmm. now, set up to yeah. fail. Yeah, so absolutely. That's what I just found very interesting looking into this. And then, you know, you think about Trump. A lot of people think Trump's an atheist. Um, mm, I, don't I don't know. know. I, uh, on that note, I mean, just to take on the Protestant thing, look what Ireland has been fighting over for, for years, you know, Protestant versus Catholic. And yeah. then, you know, you touched on, you know, Trump being, you know, some people say he might be atheist. But, you know, him being a member of the con- construction committee of Episcopal Cathedral, St. John the Divine. That's Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and his daughter's, uh, uh, it seems like, well, he, he seems like a Zionist too, but I mean, his daughter, you know, wears dude, the bracelet. The dude's, of, dude's a Freemason. Yeah, but I, I mean, so that was actually one of my things that I was going to say, dude, is that like a lot of people, including myself, up until I was looking into the pilgrims here, I think that a lot of people think that Freemasons are the big problem. You know, them, mm-hmm. the Illuminati. I mean, these are like these are the groups that are heavily talked about. So by our way of thinking, or at least the way that I thought that we all thought, you know what I mean? They're these the guys, introductory group, they're, like on that pyramid in, in your little logo, they are the bottom rung. You know what I mean? They're they're the entry level to to get into more deeper and darker secret societies. Right. And I think how you have the eye replaced with you know your turd, um, yeah. that would be possibly the Pilgrim Society, or maybe they might be a little bit below that to where they might might answer to somebody a, a little bit more powerful that we, we might not know of. But I, like I was saying, I, I think you know. Go, oh, he's a Mason. Okay. Yeah. I, I do know some Masons and yeah. you know, there's lodges everywhere. These lower level Masons, they ain't making people disappear. It's mm-hmm. not until you get up in, into your high degrees and then, you know, all this other shit that you have to do, you know, there, there's speculation that Alec Baldwin did that because, you know, killed <laughs> that lady because he's a Freemason, you need to bump up a degree, you know, 
who knows, but back to what you were saying, you know, go on. Sorry. No, I mean, you're right. dude. And like, as far as the pilgrims on that whole pyramid there, you know how there's the, the separation. Um, it's possible, you know, as goofy as it sounds, I, I like to talk about things that at least have some evidence behind them. You know, these, these, the, the, the broken away triangle could represent some like otherworldly entities. You know what I mean? Like we don't know for a fact, you can't definitively say, no, that's not true, but you absolutely can't say that it's true. You know what I mean? I don't really trust these David Icke types that, you know, say that, you know, he said he was the freaking second coming of Jesus before, you know, this conspiracy stuff started working for him. So I think the guy is just trying to take a scam and work it and respect. I mean, like, Hey, do your thing. If people are foolish enough to buy, you know, $100 tickets to go see you scream in a stadium talking about, you know, soccer and, uh, you know, other bullshit. You know, same thing with Tony Robbins, Gary V, all that stuff. It's the same kind of goofy shit. If you're going to follow that, fine. But yeah, dude, you're right that, you know, the Freemasonry, and I said that, I, th- I think that it's one of the most, like, it's almost hack to say this dude's a Freemason, you know what I mean? And and like right. when, how, how you're mentioning Trump is a Freemason, people wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. think that Trump is some... Oh, he's, he's the next savior. He, he's the next messiah. Exactly. People are freaking thinking that. Even and and I dude... fell for that psyop. I, I literally feel? fell for that fucking psyop. But when, when I started opening my fucking eyes, oh, you mean the government's coming to save you from the government? Where well, did we I mean... hear that from before? Get the fuck out of here with that <laughs> bullshit. Well, me too, dude. You know, I fell for it hard, but like you have um, this dude that built his money off of casinos and, you know, anti, I'm not a feminist by any means, but like hardcore anti-feminist stuff, you know, parading women around in bikinis and shit like that. Miss mm-hmm. Universe. I'm Dating again models, you know, all, yeah. all his wives have always been way too hot. hot for him. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, I've dude's I got birth and baby hips and look at his wife. We probably had the <laughs> Hottest fucking, you know, for her age, you know, she's still very good looking Melania married to a guy with fucking birth and baby hips. Like, well, you know, oh, you, you heard uh, you heard <laughs> you heard uh, Grunman talk about that. huh? Yeah, dude, I thought that was interesting. I, that's the first I, time I, I did heard too. That. I was just like, Whoa, OK, that, that's a new angle. But yeah, OK, maybe, you know, he does have feminine kind of qualities with the way he moves his mouth. But whatever <laughs> that and, and there's quite a few things that he brought up. But, yeah, no. It, and that's the the two episodes ago that, that we yeah. talked about that the fentanyl episode. But, um, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's a shady, shady situation that you have going on with with that whole group of people and the way that they they really point the finger at Catholicism. Yes, the Catholic Church has done some really heinous things, but what are the wasps doing? You know what I mean? Right. And there's every a lot relig- of every religion does heinous things. Of course, dude. Every of course. And, and that's what makes it hard for, you know, hey, I was once saved, born again, Christian, was baptized in the Susquehanna River in, in the middle of January. There's <laughs> spiritual ties to the Susquehanna River. You know, um, if you want to go down that route, that's which cool, I didn't dude. know at the time. But, uh, you know, as you grow and, you know, my podcast called My Third Eye, My Third Eye, I want it to open up so I can see the truth. And I start questioning things, just like Thomas Jefferson said, question everything, even the very existence of God. You have to question everything. And there's nothing wrong with going out and asking questions about any topic or any person or any 
anything really. I mean, it, we all sit around, you know, shop talk and, and, and what have you at work or whatever. You talk cars, talk this, you know, ask questions about that or this, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And when you when you start looking into some of these religions and they're not the, their shell is good. And this can even go back to, you know, there's like you said, there's a big push for, for paganism now. And that in my head and my ancestry, I do have, you know, Norse pagan, you know, in me. And I kind of look into it. I, I'm not like serious into it, but there are a lot of things that, that, that I could relate to just as I could relate to even as even when I was young, growing up and, and the way Native Americans thought, you know, and how how they interpret, you know, what we would call their religion, you know, but. These big modern pushed in your face mm -hmm. religions are to me at the high end of it not not your mom and pop church down the street but the high end of it like your joel Osteens and what have you or or the vatican are behind some shady shit they, yeah. they're they're a, it, it, it's a fake facade a, 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 a shiny shiny window display so you don't see what's really going on in, in the back room well, and you have pushes with uh, not only paganism, but like, uh, you know, Hinduism, uh, Eastern religions, which, you know, Madame Blavatsky has serious ties to that. And I need to admittedly do more research on her. But yeah. what she was doing New is New York Patriot says she's pretty much a piece of shit. Yeah, she seems like one. But that's the thing. Yeah. I like to look into these people before I really like definitively right. have an answer. But I mean, she was taking Eastern ideology and really pushing it to the West, talking about Shiva, the destroyer, which is. If I'm not mistaken, Shiva is the uh, parent of Ganesh or Ganesha. And I mean, Shiva's got a bunch of names. The devil has a bunch of names, you know, but people have statues of this. And mm -hmm. it's almost like it is CERN. devil worship in a in, Yeah, CERN has one. So, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, the whole thing with Yuri Bezmanov, this this KGB defector, he's fascinating to listen to. But he was talking about how, yeah. You know, yoga is going to be pushed on the American male because it, you know, what goes along with that culture is the betafication. It's like, you know, I don't know if that's a real word, but it's just softening people up. And then, like, you know, the whole idea of martial arts, I think it's great. But, dude, a lot of people that practice martial arts, they really wouldn't know what to do in an actual fight. I think the only way that you learn how to fight is actually fighting. Right. Um, but you get a lot of people that think that, you know, Martial arts equals discipline. Yoga equals discipline. Discipline is typically a good thing, but I think yoga, that yoga embraces, like like you were just saying with the male, to yeah. embrace your divine feminine. Which there's nothing wrong with yeah yeah with that. You know, I, I get that. You need to have the balance of both sides. Uh, my favorite band in the world, Pool, sings about that in their, yeah. their albums. But when you only embrace that side as a male. It, and I'm not, I have gay family, family members. I'm not bashing any of course. homosexual or whatever. Um, it, I don't think that's a, a healthy thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we need the strong masculine male dad figure in a family. That's why we're here as a situation. country. Yes. You, you know, know, we, we wouldn't be kids here with... stood up and fought in world war two and yeah. the, the same age kids now are, are fucking doing Tide Pods and shit. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, then that, that's the thing. It is like we wouldn't be here without toxic masculinity. I'm right. not saying that that it needs a place all the time, but this is that whole thing. Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak men. Weak men make mm-hmm. hard times, you know, and it just right. goes in a circle. So, yes, uh, you, you know, there's something to be said about the infiltration of just soft ass men and people that pretend that they're so kind and, you know, like just because they have no ill intent. And it it's a problem. I think at all levels of society, it's a problem. And it's going to be a massive problem. And I think it already is. Hopefully it's not too late. But I think like when that hits the White House and, and Biden mm-hmm. seems very soft, man. He seems he'll talk tough, but he won't he won't he actually try. Yeah, he, well, yeah. Back in the day, he did. He did talk. You know, he, he talked tough. He, he really hated the black community. So, yeah. In between saying the N word with hard R's, he would yeah. uh, he would talk tough. But, yeah, no, he's a he's a fraud, dude. But, you know, dude, I had uh, to drive literally drive today on on the renamed Central Scranton Expressway that was recently changed to the President Joe Biden Expressway. Wow. I cringed. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, really? OK, Is it the toll bridge. No, it's a it's an expressway around Scranton. Um, and it's Ugh. really not even an expressway because it's filled with fucking red. Well, it makes sense. It's filled with red lights and sharp turns and he, he <laughs> fucks you all up. You don't even know wh- which way you're going. So maybe maybe it is fitting. I don't know. I, I so it actually dawned on me, but it's it's uh, it's like this dude. You know what I mean? Like, hey, okay. 81 million, whatever. Hey, man, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense. Worst freaking ratings uh this far into his administration that i know of but yeah let's get back to the wasp yeah, dude wasp. because you know he's catholic obviously and and this is what what i found you know kind of interesting is that the the culture of the wasp society right um there's this this really interesting way that the wasp elite operate and that is that you know it's it's traditional eastern establishment in a way that's the same way that they that they operate, but these families have massive, massive generational wealth. I mean, we're talking like the Trumps, um, like the, uh, I mean, I don't know if you can think of anyone else, Rockefellers, um, you know, a lot of freaking people that are Morgan chase. uh, There you go. Yes. So people of this stature, they have generational wealth, meaning like you can't spend all the money unless you have do like a Brewster's millions type situation where you're trying to, um, and that kind of ties back into when we brought up, uh, Alistair Crowley, he was born at, into shit ton of money. Oh yeah. And yeah. You know, that dude didn't work a day in his life. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that he was kind of a complete scumbag. I, I, you know, uh, there was some other guy, something Chad, something that it seems like he was actually like the real deal, but no one knows about him because he probably wasn't in the pilgrim society. This dude was connected at, on many levels, supposedly MI6 um you know a, a, an asset like i think there's a book written about him where he's like the devil's the devil's spy or some shit like that you know yeah. but so anyway this this culture of these wasps they they send their kids to specific schools harvard um yale freaking you know high level high level schools sometimes mit things like that here in the u.s but then you have oxford over in the uk and schools of that stature and a lot of these kids end up growing up to be lawyers. They end up running the family business or they work for massive corporations that have a history of hiring this bloodline for high level jobs. So like if JP Morgan chase is hiring one of these kids, that's a wasp elite. They're not hiring them for like a teller. They're hiring them to be high level 
money movers. You know what I mean? Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, these institutions have a history of hiring wasps. So they look out for their own. It's a, it's a serious society and they, they tend to kind of intermarry, not like direct cousins and, you know, second cousins and things, but they have like selected people that they're supposed to kind of partner up with. And if they're marrying down or, or dating down, so to speak, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for the family. And then they see it as a sign of weakness. It's a very, very interesting concept. It's nothing that you and I can relate to, dude. No, it's like arranged marriages. In a way, but they make it seem like it's not so that they don't speak out. It's very, very good programming because obviously, yes, in a perfect world, it would be great to meet, you know, someone that would be like your soulmate. They're beautiful. They're sweet. They're nice, but they're also super rich. You know what I mean? But that doesn't right. fucking, I mean, what is that this a movie? Happen. I know. I, I mean, it, look how we uh, had the, the turmoil between the queen and Meghan Merkel. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a, a fucking arranged marriage. They're 13th fucking cousins. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about that shit, dude. And, and I actually, you know, it's yeah. funny. I actually talked about that on tinfoil hat. Um, it's a, it's a weird situation how that whole thing came to be. It's very, yeah. very weird. So we talked about it last Friday about, you know, how they always inbreed and, and, and what have you. And I was like, well, why aren't there more fucking retards and da, 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 da. And it's like, well, dude, they're not marrying their brother or sister. They're, they're marrying cousins and cousins and cousins down. I'm like, oh yeah, that fucking makes sense now. You know, once you get past third, third or fourth cousin, you know. Well, yeah, she was related married. to her. Robert you're the Bruce. Yeah, you're you're related, but you know the blood's thinned out per se. Oh sure, and who's to say that they don't have this CRISPR technology way back in the day too? You know what I mean? Right. Like, who knows? So anyway, it is very interesting. But yes, you you bring up a good point with Meghan Markle. That whole beef was contrived. I mean, like that was all fake too. It was to make it seem like clearly, you know, these two were supposed to move over to Canada or wherever the hell mm-hmm. they're sitting at right now, just to just to try and become celebrities. Because like what we have in the United now, now States, now think about here, what you just said. Where did they move? Canada. And who still has heavy control over Canada? The, the, the crown. Queen. That's what yeah. I'm saying, dude. So like, you, <laughs> there's a reason he went there. there, there there's a reason. <laughs> of course, dude. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like. When we get into the five eyes here, that's probably actually going to be in the Patreon portion. But the five eyes, it's it's a very interesting concept. And I don't understand why all of these countries would agree to just send all their intel to to the UK. It doesn't make any fucking sense because, you know, what if one of these countries stabs you in the back? But um, there is something to be said about just the whole fake beef that these two had, because you, I mean, you just had me thinking about that with Meghan Markle, the Queen. Um, I think that what we have here, rather than royalty, we have celebrities. We have the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. We have. Uh, There's our royalty. Yeah. And, you know, they have power. I mean, dude, people laugh when I say that Kim Kardashian could become president someday. I think she, that it's. She probably could. Well, she's dabbling in politics and she just got her freaking law degree. You know what I mean? I think she just got her law license. So, I mean. She's following the steps. She's dabbling yeah. in politics. She's been in the Oval Office. That's more than I can say. You know, she's been in the Oval Office. She's got a law degree now. I think what she passed the bar or whatever, at least, you know, she's doing what she's taking these steps to become president. And uh, that, if that's she, actually news to me, I didn't know she actually passed the bar. Really? So, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you I, wouldn't wow. think you wouldn't think that <laughs> yeah, she could I wouldn't do that. think at all. No, I didn't think she was that smart. 
Well, and that's the thing, man. They She's, are witches, so. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, and that's the thing, man. Like, these people are smart on, in a different way than what we think of as smart. Even, you know, obviously we think of street smart, book smart. They're smart in either of those ways. They're smart in a completely different way that we are, that's unknown to us because they're probably part of this wasp shit. It's a very, very fascinating culture that the wasps really get into. It's hard for me to say wasps with an S at the end. <laughs> it is. Especially and, and after every time a couple you say drinks. it, I think, I think of the, the old like eighties band wasp. <laughs> I know, dude. I, well, that was probably a play on it, but like, I mean, yeah. and that's, what's funny, dude, you know, you can get yourself in trouble, obviously looking into like different symbols that people use and things like that, but it's just, it, it's fascinating. You could, you could take my logo and, and fucking run with days. I, I told Colorado Dank, you know, when I was, first talking with him you know a couple of months ago and what have you and i'm like man you know my favorite band's tool and i'm starting to find out this and then you know a, a, a very kind and loving soul uh created my logo but she worked with alex gray the creator or the creator of the artwork that does tools albums and stuff and it, yeah and it's like you know, you could look at my logo. Look, I personally have nothing to hide. I'll, I'll tell you if you ask. Maybe and you're a Freemason, dude. Maybe I am. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I do got the Fuck. flaming eye on, on the top of my hand and a four degrees and, you know, pain is an illusion tattooed on it. Dude, me, so. you're a Freemason. We shouldn't even <laughs> be am. recording this right now. Uh, <laughs> no, man. I mean, that, That's the secret code word God. to get in. Jeez, don't get me started, dude. Okay, so the, that's so funny, man. So the Catholics and the the Zionists, right? They're they have this interesting relationship with the wasps because they are really looked down upon from them, but they keep really civil relationships for obvious reasons. I mean, you're going to have powerful Zionists, you're going to have powerful Catholics. Ireland has a ton of Catholics. Ireland's part of this, you know wasp nation that is known as the united kingdom right so it's just a weird weird situation and the pilgrims in their effort to connect the united states and great britain more tightly focused on obviously where would you focus you'd focus on the big cities new york city and london these are the financial capitals of both of these these you know respective nations so they set up the society in the united states after it was done over there in um in in the uk but how they did it was this guy lindsey russell he's a new york lawyer of um alexander and colby this is the law firm he travels over to london pretty often and he ends up meeting with general joseph wheeler general lord roberts and sir henry Bretain, and they set up the first meeting of the british pilgrims on july 11th 1902 at the carlton hotel now this is not a ritz carlton you can just look up Carlton Hotel London, if you are curious as to where this where this is, or Carlton Hotel UK, but it is in London. Lord Roberts was the first president of the Pilgrim Society. And one of the original four vice presidents was American Senator, and get this, Skull and Bones member, Chauncey M. Depew. And he was also Morgan and Vanderbilt connected. So he has some money, he's got some connections, and he's got some serious fucking resources. Um but then Russell and Depew, the two two of the dudes that I mentioned, they returned back to the, uh, the United States into New York and they spread the pilgrims to the U.S. with J.P. Morgan, Grover Cleveland and others involved, other high people of that caliber. Um, and they arranged this first meeting and it went down February 4th, 1903. OK, and I, I think that this was in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. So nearly all 
family names that you've heard of, like the the major families of 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati, so on. They're connected. They're they're part of this Anglo-Saxon society. Um, And it's important to know that the pilgrims are the wasp elite. If you're wasp elite, you're part of the pilgrims. Um, Now, I understand that this may be like a new term to some people, the wasps. But um, if you look for it, you can hear it. You can find it. Maybe maybe you've heard it. You didn't know what it was. I don't know if you've ever had that thing happen. I think everyone has. But it happens a lot when you hear a term for the first time. You know, someone tells you about a term and then you start hearing it more and more like out, like whether it's on TV or whatever that happens, dude. I mean, so like, you you know, pay attention to this wasp thing, even though it is kept pretty, pretty damn secret. Um, They're everywhere, dude. And they're controlling a lot of entities. The Protestants, I think, have a massive role in, in everything. So every major bank, right? Which is it's interesting, dude. When you when you look into the major banks, every major bank except for Wells Fargo is listed as Pilgrim Society related. But I actually believe that Wells Fargo may be the most Pilgrim connected bank out of all of them because it's not listed. And I mean, like the Wells Fargo entity itself, they played a extremely large role in the uh, mortgage meltdown of 2008. Massive well, not, role. Not only that, they were one of the original banks of the Americas. Of course. They, they were the ones that spread West help, or help us spread West. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why their logo I don't know if it's changed, but it used to the be Frontiersmen, uh, yeah. Yeah, Frontiers logo with, you know, a carriage and you know, what have you. You know, that and I've hated Wells Fargo for, for many years. I had a really bad experience with those motherfuckers. So <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting, dude, is like, you know, I'm not wealthy by any means, hardly I freaking barely get by here. But like yeah, you know, same. right? So Wells Fargo, I couldn't find any bank to give me a loan. For my truck, I have a 2006 Nissan Titan. I bought it about four years ago. Oh, they'll give you a loan. Yeah, they did. No problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's high interest, and I'm, I'm, yep. you know, but it's like, dude, all and I did I, the so, same thing when I was in the military. That's why I have a bad really? taste. Yeah, I was, I was a young, young kid, and I wanted a Jeep, and they were the only fucking bank to <laughs> give me a loan, and they kept increasing my rates every like three months. Like my dude, payments would yeah. start going. I'm like, what the hell? I agreed to this. Well, no, we, we read the no. contract, motherfucker. Yeah, Re- yeah, which I did not do. No, sign here. Okay, yeah, cool. And yeah, hey, I, I was fucking in my mid twenties, and I did the same thing that you, the same mistake you made when you were a young, you know, old teenager. I guess I should say. Yeah, you know, I'm, how, I'm still how ironic. <laughs> well, dude, and you know what? It's crazy because like. I had a six year loan and I bought this thing, I think five years ago. And it seems like I, you know, judging by how much I have to pay left, there's still quite a bit. They, they, there's a dollar of interest every day on this loan. So that's the whole thing, dude. Like all that it takes is for me to say like, Oh no, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, you know, pay this. And I know that it fucks me over way more than it fucks them over. But if everyone did that, like, you know, like the same, same situation as what happened in 2008 with the mortgage meltdown, Wells Fargo had a, had a key role in that whole thing, dude. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, shady as fuck. Yeah, very, very shady. So I think, you know, I'm right there with you, dude, as far as fuck Wells Fargo. But hey, thanks for the truck. <laughs> um, other other power players in business are like, uh, you know, IBM, you have U.S. Steel, Corning Glass. I don't know if you've heard of Corning Glass, but uh, you have. I actually deliver in and around Corning, New York, where their their headquarters are. Oh, nice. They're an yeah. interesting company, dude. That, you know what I mean? They I, are. They do the iPhone screens and things like that for people that don't know. They do a lot of weird 
weird things that, uh, you know, it's a company that a lot of people haven't heard of, but they're massive. The only reason I know about them is because I used to fuck around with uh, stock trading and like day trading and things. I did that for two years full time. Okay. And so, you know, that was one of the greatest companies that I ever invested in um, because they're, you know, Pilgrim Connected. It's very interesting. You know, I, I wish that I knew about all this conspiratorial stuff back when I was doing that. I dabbled. But well, like the next time I, I drive by there, <laughs> I, I will be thinking of, of this this chit chat that we're having about this because it's like, oh, come see the historic Corning Museum of Glass and, you know, da 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 da. And then the factory's <laughs> right here. And it's like, what? What? If you got any stickers left, slap one up over there, dude. I should. I have oh, actually, yeah. I, I have two stickers. But. Nice. Well, I'll send you more. I need to send you a shirt anyway. So we're going to get into this printed media stuff. And this is the yes. stuff, you know, I, I shared some of this information with you. When you were looking through it, dude, I, does any of this stuff surprise you, honestly? I mean, honestly. No, you know, because Sports Illustrated is in there as well. Yeah. Okay. Which I was like, because, you know, I messaged you. I'm like, man, I'm going on down all these fucking different rabbit holes, you know, and I'm horrible with doing research. I sucked at it in high school. Sucked at it. I get too fucking distracted. I don't have ADHD, but when I start, re- you start going here, you start going there, you start going here, you start going there. And you're like, wow, fuck, you know, I know. concentrate. But uh, yeah, I was sitting there and, and I came across that and I'm just like, holy fuck. Yeah, dude. I mean, freaking, you know, we, we mentioned Mockingbird a little while ago, but I mean, you know, it, it seems that the Pilgrim Society is behind Mockingbird and MK Ultra. You know what I mean? Like they're really the, the big funders, but the CIA gets all the blame. And I'm not saying the CIA is some group of angels, you know what I mean? No. But like, you know, there's there's higher up groups that are responsible for these things. And clearly, you know, after you research it a little bit, you'll see that it's definitely the, the pilgrims here. But I mean, and when you get into magazines, when you go to the grocery store, you you know this, you go buy groceries to so you can cook. When you're standing in line waiting to put your stuff up on the little conveyor belt, what's right there? Magazines, either on one side or the other or on both. And, and it's, you it's know what it is? It's, it's time. It's time. And it's the New York Times. I mean, those uh-huh. things are, are consistently there. Time is a big one. People is, all, is also part of the pilgrims. But and, and what's interesting, I've mentioned this before on other shows, but they call that little section while you're waiting in line at the grocery store when you're waiting there. That's called the impulse buy section. Yep. So, you know, I, and I, I worked in a little retail for a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have and, impulse... and I fall for it sometimes. I ain't going to lie. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, of course, yeah. dude. Everyone does. They know that. I mean, you know, so I need go ahead. So anyway, uh, printed media. Yeah, dude. So like the big ones, New York Times, Time Magazine. Um, these are the main two mouthpieces of the pilgrims. You have New York Times, which was started by the Sulzberger family. Uh, it's a weird name to, to pronounce, so I'll just spell it. Um, O-C-H-S-S-U-L-Z-B-E-R-G-E-R. The Oaks Sulberger. I don't know how the fuck you say that, but that's oh, no. what it is. It's, I spelled it's it. It's German, so. Yeah, well, not all Germans are bad, but uh, this no. isn't a good good time to bring Germans in at this point. So you got the, <laughs> this family, this family starting in uh, 1896. And uh, nearly the entire family and, uh, you know, their generational members of the Pilgrim Society, their names are listed. You can easily check this. They have a database of, of you know, deceased members, current members, former members, so on. Um, even the people that married into the family, like Orville E. Dreyfus, um, Dreyfus is, is another weird name, D-R-Y-F-O-O-S. Orville you, you E. Dreyfus. that might have got changed eventually in Hollywood to Dreyfus? 
Possibly. Possibly, for sure. They, they did a lot of that shit back in the day. Of course, yeah. Rothschilds are, are the most infamous of doing that from the Bowers and so on. But yeah, like they, the Dreyfus were Pilgrim Society members. And, and uh, this dude, Orville, became president of New York Times in 1957, which makes you really wonder how often Wasp Elite are married away, kind of like you said, uh, like Middle Eastern royalty and things like this, dude. So, um, Time Magazine was another one that I, that I, you know, need to bring up. Um, it was created by Henry Luce in 1923 and funded by Pilgrim Society and J.P. Morgan partners like the Harriman family. Talking Brown Brothers Harriman, another Pilgrim connected bank. Um, this was also connected with the Nazis and so on. So there's your German connection. You know, obviously Germans from a different time, um, and not all Germans. You know, I, I feel like I got to be PC after the shit that's been going on, dude. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> I don't like that. You don't need a censor. You got First Amendment right, motherfucker. I, that's what I thought, dude. I, I, thought I serve that. for that. So go ahead. <laughs> I know, dude. Okay. So um, you got the, the, the Harrimans and you have CIA OSS assets like Paul Gray Hoffman holding board positions at Time Magazine. So Luce, the, the you know, creator, would allow CIA assets and agents to be on the payroll of Time without actually working there. So he would give these people money. Literally, probably, you know, government money that they're they're siphoning through time, but it was so that these individuals would have the credentials being like, oh, you worked at Time magazine. That's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, you must know your shit. But no, they're just CIA assets getting paid without even having to come in and show up for the job. Um, And this happens in many, many different industries. There's actually a really funny um, situation with a Long Island politician of some sort. I forget his name. But he he had a he had restaurants paying his wife as a, a food tester. And so like they were getting like thousands of dollars a month as a food testing operation. But like that's how these and, and the guy that was talking about it was from Long Island. He's like, that's like the fucking levels of crime that go on on Long Island. These pieces of shit that live there. And I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Somewhere. The Manganos, the Manganos. Yes. Yeah, dude. It's hilarious. It's like they're trying to run like a drug cartel, but it's all food related. Like she's flushing cannolis down the toilet and shit it's yeah. so funny dude so yeah, she's flushing them somewhere yeah dude so um but yeah so th- this is not an uncommon theme where you have people getting paid massive amounts of money for no-show jobs and um henry loose becomes the uh actually henry loose the third he became president of the pilgrim society in 1997 so you know this guy paid his dues, Henry Luce the first, Henry Luce the third ends up becoming the leader of this, you know, highly connected entity. And uh, Luce, the original, he also created Life magazine. So it's reasonable to think that that, um, you know, the same protocol was in place for life. Um, I don't I don't know if you I don't know if highlights were hi, remember the highlight magazines. I don't I don't know if they're even still around, but I'm pretty sure life had a. a actually owned highlights because i remember as a kid getting highlight magazines and it was supposed to like educate you have fun puzzles and this and that i'm a little bit older than you but um but something something tells me that that life magazine funded that and that was you know my generation's early propaganda you know spiel into well dude i don't i don't doubt that at all it's funny that you bring that up because as you know i mean pbs Mm -hmm. uh, you know highly educational it's funny um, you know, there's jokes out there where it's like, you know, PBS is like, the, you know, they're playing wishbone, 
you know, that funny dog, you know, the, the yeah. Jack Russell Terrier. And on the commercial, you say brought to you by the Trilateral Commission. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, right. what the fuck are we talking about here? <laughs> it's a kid's show that's brought to you by the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like every news news broadcast is brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's the thing. Like, in, you know, it was more about globalism back then, but now it's about medical tyranny because globalism mm-hmm. clearly, you know, isn't panning out properly. No. That's obviously the end goal, but they're going to try and use medical medical martial law and things to to usher that in. Um, more magazines, though. We're we're almost finished with the printed media, and then we'll get into like some radio and things like that. But Newsweek's editor, um, from its founding to to the sale to the Washington Post in 1961, this is Malcolm Murr, I think is his last name, M U I R, is on record saying that he would call Alan Dulles anytime a story would come across his desk that would interest the CIA. Alan Dulles, of course, being the absolute best at what he did he is a total piece of shit as a person but if you think of a cia director and how they were supposed to get shit done alan dulles i mean you need to look no further this is a guy that started the cia um he got a fucking airport named after him yeah you gotta you gotta give credit where credit's due though dude yeah pieces of shit he he was good but pieces of shit get pieces of shit yeah (laughs) named after him yeah well, and him and his his brother, John Foster Dulles, they had an uncle that, you know, they were all admittedly, too, they were all admittedly loyal to Britain. I mean, like in my... In, in my... All right, you know what to do. Head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. We're going to get into more of the media infiltration along with religious infiltration and, of course, all the other secret societies and critical institutions that the Pilgrim Society got involved with, as well as the Kamala Harris connection, which is very interesting. So head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast for an additional hour 